Every day, my friend Gordon and I talk about politics. UK politics, US politics, Brexit, Trump, stuff that's going on in the world, you name it. So we thought we'd record it and share it with everyone in what we're calling the experiment. Morning, Gordon. It's Tuesday, the 29th of October, 2019. And uh, the stuff that I'm reading this morning are is about Boris um, capitulating on the reading of the bill. He does, or he keeps saying, and Reese Mogg came out last night and said, there will be no reading of the withdrawal agreement. They'll pull it. Um, but holding firm on the December 12th date of the election. So uh, the Lib Dems still say that's not fair and that's not that's not uh, as good as the 9th, clearly because the Lib Dems rely a lot on university voters and more university voters would still be at university on December 9th than December 12th. <laughs> um, the SMP, it's not clear. I don't really know what their position would be. They might be trying to stick with the Lib Dems for a little bit, but I feel like they'd be able to to uh, um, to capitulate as well. And uh, also the way in which they're going to introduce the December 12th election is through the simple majority uh, as well. So, um, you know, the Conservatives, Labour and uh, or... Um, the SMP might be able to support that. So I would love to know your thoughts on that whole situation. I think everyone is crappy. <laughs> everyone is is being um, uh, is being you know nakedly political. I see the point in trying to get as good a position as possible, but I also think that the more that you drag on with this, the more people are just going to get pissed off, um, as I am with the whole process. <laughs> On the other side of the ocean, uh, I'm interested in what your thoughts are with the Democratic field so far. I know that it's, of course, very early. Uh, Biden was on 60 Minutes uh, this Sunday. And I have to say, I mean, I've said this for a couple months now, but he's not going to be the nominee. I really don't think so. Uh, obviously, there's a chance, but I just see everything being repeated uh with uh, clinton's clinton's campaign from 2008 this kind of you know expectation of getting the nomination and that leads to sloppy campaign work you know uh the team is just not quick enough for someone like trump let alone these democratic challengers so i don't think it's likely uh, to be Biden, and I don't think he's really helping himself by, frankly, showing his age and being slow to respond to things that you'd think are pretty easy to respond to. Um, so what do you think? Uh, what is your, your take on the, the field so far? We haven't really kind of gotten, gotten into this, and I think that's a welcome distraction from talking about the hero canine, or as I would call it, dog. Uh, that uh, was instrumental in the in the Baghdadi killing. It's now the evening, Gordon, and they just uh, agreed to the twelfth of December, 
uh, after Reese Mogg and others had said um, that they wouldn't take up the bill. What do you think? Uh, one thing that I found interesting, I was listening to BBC earlier today, and they had this, I don't know, like constitutional expert on. Uh, one interesting thing is, is that if the 12th becomes the election date, then technically with the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, the next election, uh, if nothing changes, would have to be uh, also a winter election in five years. I thought that was quite funny and interesting. So what are your thoughts? Well, so it's now uh, it's now uh, it's now Tuesday evening, and the uh, the debate is now uh, over, and there is in fact going to be an election, as you you know correctly pointed out. The argument over whether or not it was going to be on the 9th or the 12th was such a ridiculous and arcane argument that the liberals, uh, the liberal Democrats, and the SNP have uh, capitulated and given Boris Johnson a day he wanted, and uh, all they had to do was agree not to debate Brexit between. <laughs> now and then, which, uh, you know, it's not like any of those debates were going to mean anything with an election coming up. So, uh, you know, we're now going to go into an election and I guess we'll see how that shakes out. Um, I'm going to make a prediction now and uh, then, you know, in, in uh, December the 13th, we can look back and have a have a bit of a laugh. Uh, my prediction is that uh, the Conservatives are going to be the largest party, but actually uh, with a reduced majority compared to what Theresa May had. And that Labour are also going to lose uh, seats on net, although there'll be a tremendous amount of shifting of seats from some parts of the country to others. Um, and the beneficiaries of this are going to be the uh, Lib Dems and the SNP. And together with Labour, I think there's a chance that they could form some kind of coalition. I'm not sure that that's going to be a coalition government, but I think that if there's a majority for those three parties together, then I think it'd be very difficult for the... Uh, uh, Lib Dems or the SNP to not at least come to some kind of agreement that allows Labour to try out as the government and negotiate some kind of new Brexit and have a have a second referendum since that's their official position, even if they don't uh, enter into a kind of uh, formal coalition government. Uh, I know there's been some speculation about the SNP saying, well, we'll only prop you up if you give us an independence referendum. And it's possible that Jeremy Corbyn would give that to them. But I think that they would not have that much leverage to play for that because I think that uh, if it's a choice between saying uh, Boris Johnson and the Brexit he wants or uh, allowing Jeremy Corbyn to renegotiate Brexit and have a second referendum, they're going to agree with that even if uh, Jeremy Corbyn were to play hardball and not say, uh, ah, well, so that's that's my train. I should uh, I should get on it. Um, I do have opinions about the, uh, the race for the Democratic uh, nomination. Um, and I'd be really interested to hear what your opinion is on it. My opinion is that the, the lesson from 2016 and, uh, and Trump's nomination is that, hey, if the polls are telling you that some chap is in the lead and has a clear uh, margin, believe them. Everyone discounted Trump from winning, even though the polls consistently showed him as the number one candidate because they just thought the idea was ridiculous. Well, the same is happening with Biden, and I think that we should take his candidacy very seriously. Yes, he's got money problems, and yes, he's going to have problems in Iowa and New Hampshire, but I, I think that he should be treated as the favorite because the podium is indicating that that's what's going to happen. Okay, so I disagree about Biden. Uh, I think that the polls... Uh, I. 
I, I do buy the, the the whole analysis that Biden's support is wide but shallow rather than deep. Um, and and I think like if you're seeing the latest polling coming out, if you're talking about polls, you know Biden looks like he might finish third or fourth in Iowa, um, uh, third uh, in New Hampshire, and he's like seeing the the um, South Carolina as his as his firewall. Like I think things change very quickly. Uh, when, uh, you know, uh, when you, uh, when you don't perform in the first two states, you know, how does somebody, uh, I don't know, you'll probably say Bill Clinton, how does somebody, you know, come back from losing multiple primaries and then, uh, go on to win the nomination if they were the, considered the front runner beforehand, you couple that with the fact that his organization's in, 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 uh, in confusion and as a candidate, he's just not, um, you know, uh, he's just not striking it um, uh, very well. Just when it comes down to to, to the art of politicking, I I honestly think that you know you and I are looking at the debates right now, but the vast majority of American voters aren't. And yeah, you know, I honestly think that the uh, um, the the insurgency of Warren, and even if you want to argue of you know Mayor Pete as as an example uh, of of someone that's that's risen a little bit and held. Um, I think that's the bigger story here than the uh, than the maintenance of 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 Biden. Uh, the the highest poll that he he had was before he entered the race, and I don't think there's anything likely uh, that's gonna gonna top that or change it. I'm not saying your your uh, your prediction might not be borne out. I don't think though that it will be, and I, I don't think he's gonna be the nominee. Um, with the uh, election, um. Can you talk me through what this means then if we vote on the 12th and if Johnson's, if the conservatives are the largest party, but um, uh, aren't enough to form a, uh, a government, then I assume that he still gets the first dibs, first try to form a government. So then he has two weeks. Then it goes to Corbyn and Corbyn might've been plotting and have the Lib Dems and SMP on board for another referendum. They then come into power and they, they issue that referendum. I had thought that referendums require 12 weeks or something like that. Um, so how, tell me how the math works in terms of a, a hypothetical Corbyn government propped up by Lib Dems SMP comes to power and legislates a referendum before the 31st of January. Um, that would be interesting to know. Uh, so this uh, this podcast is getting more and more sassy. You know, I, I, I like that. I like that. You know, we, we, we should do that. We should do that. Uh, well, so I would actually not reference Bill Clinton because uh, Bill Clinton won New Hampshire and uh, nobody really competed in Iowa in 1992 because the uh, uh, one of the uh, senators from Iowa was running that year. And so everyone thought that was a foregone conclusion and ignored it. Um, I, I would point to Trump, though, and point out that he won uh, uh, a series. He, well, he won the entire thing, uh, but he won a series of uh, votes despite having only 35 percent or so of uh, uh, total Republican support because there were so many candidates in the field, exactly like Biden has. And actually, Biden has it easier because um, uh, unlike in the Republican Party, where it's a winner take all, uh, so you get all the delegates from New Hampshire, even if you just win a pr plurality of the vote, in the Democratic primary, uh, you you get allocated a percentage 
proportional to how many votes you got. So actually, if Biden plays it steady at 35% the entire time, then he's going to go into the convention with the uh, with the largest number of delegates, and that's that. So that's uh, that's uh, that's how I that's how I read it. And actually, yeah, okay, Elizabeth Warren has risen dramatically in the polls and is now clearly in second place. Uh, I think the idea, I, I know Pete Buttigieg is your, your favorite guy. Uh, I think it uh, requires quite a bit of cherry picking to say that he's, uh, he's rising. Although, I mean, he's raising a lot of money and, uh, and that can often be a, a leading indicator because uh, you can use that money to try and increase your support. Uh, but I, 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 I still think that uh, Biden has to be the odds on favorite. And I think that that logic holds. Um, yeah, okay, yes, and, and in terms of the, uh, the UK political situation, yeah, there's, there's, there's no way that uh, you could have an election on December the 12th and then a referendum before, before the end of January. That, that, that wouldn't happen. Um, you know, a new government comes in, uh, if, it's a, if, it's a, if it's a Labour-led uh, government, uh, they, they, they come in, uh, any Labour government, and they were discussing this at conference, is going to negotiate a deal that is much closer to the EU than the current Boris Johnson deal. And so I don't think the EU are going to have any problem saying that uh, we're going to extend it for another six months. There'll be a three-month renegotiation of the new deal, and then there'll be a three-month second referendum debate, and that's that's what happens there. Uh, So that's my take on it. Well, what's your take on it, though? You, uh, you You avoided giving a prediction of of uh, of the outcome in the uh, UK general election. So what's uh what 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 is your what is your thinking right now? Okay, so I should pay more attention when I'm walking home because I almost just got attacked by a fox because I was recording this. So I I hope you know what I suffer for this. You know. I was about to ask like where are you because it sounds like you're in I don't know either an airport or or that you live in a tent or something. Um, but, uh, okay. First off with the U S election, um, agree to disagree. Uh, yeah. I do like Pete, uh, Buddha judge. I'm not saying that Pete has any chance of winning at the moment. Um, uh, I'm just saying, uh, that was pr- perhaps clumsy for me. I'm, I'm saying that if you're looking at candidates that, uh, start strong and, uh, and grow weaker, Versus candidates that start smaller and growing uh, uh, and and growing stronger, I think Warren is 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 uh, the trend lines point to her in a way that uh, I think they don't point to Biden. I don't think he's the odds-on favorite anymore, um, and I think that the fact that uh, like the Democrats as a primary cohort are much different than the Republicans, and frankly are. Uh, are not as weak as the Republican field was. Um, you had you had a bunch of bland people in the Republican primary that were all of the establishment and all basically had very similar ideas. And then you had Trump in the in the Democratic primary. You have distinct tents, and there is a bit of a, a war going on within the Democratic uh, base as to you know which direction um the party should go in and i think that's a little bit more important than the 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 war that went on in the republican party because one side capitulated um quite embarrassingly uh and populism kind of uh you know emerged whereas on the democratic side you have the moderates the kind of you know biden's klobuchar's 
uh, uh, judges, uh, and you have the the more hardcore progressives, uh, Sanders, Warren, and then you have you know people that are are uh, somewhere in the middle, right? So like I think that is a that is a fight that if you if you if you look at um, uh, Sanders and and Warren in terms of their their mutual support, um, that turns into a pretty powerful potent uh, proportion, and uh, and I think the the bet is that uh, because especially since last time Democrats put up a moderate, um, I, I really do think that the Democratic base is growing more and more tired of moderates um, in their party, and I think it's more likely that they are going to get very upset um, if uh, if a moderate is seen to steam be steamrolling their uh, the nomination fight again. So, yeah, you might be right, but um, I don't. I still don't think he's going to be the nominee. And if he is, he'll be an incredibly weak one, much more so than I thought he would be um, at the beginning of this process. Um, with uh, with the UK election, <clears throat> I get I get what you're saying. That makes sense in terms of how uh, Labour would play it. Um, in terms of like my prediction, I don't know. I'm I am less confident that. I don't know, uh, you know, maybe I'm off base, but I think the Brexit party could be a bit of a spoiler if they don't come up with some sort of a pact with the Conservatives. Um, just because it's clear that it's, a, it's not a no deal and that's um, a problem for them. Uh, Johnson said that they wouldn't do a pact. I don't know if, if, if that's true, but... Um, I just think the Brexit party could split votes a lot more than the, than like Lib Dems and SMP could spoil votes for labor. So like, I actually think the conservatives have a lot more to lose. Labor is in disarray, disarray, but they've been in disarray for a long time. And I think that the constituencies that the Lib Dems might pick up on will affect labor, but they also might affect conservatives. I mean, you have quite a few ex-conservatives going to the Lib Dems anyway. Um, the SNP, I also think, will will get a bit stronger as well um, up in Scotland. So I guess my my, my prediction is that the Lib Dems uh, grow um, to like, you know, 30 seats, something like that, uh, maybe 20, 25, 30 seats. And yes, uh, the SNP maybe grow, but not by a huge amount, not as much as like they were, not like 69 seats, but like, or 67, whatever it was, maybe like to 50 and then I think that uh, labor loses ground and the conservatives lose, lose ground, but the conservatives lose more ground than labor labor does. Um, and then I think the Brexit party comes in as well uh, to, to have a few seats, but mostly playing spoilers for the, the conservatives. So I don't know what that would look like, like whether or not the conservatives are the largest party or the or labor is the largest party. It doesn't, I'm not sure, but I feel like I feel like both of them will lose, uh, and uh, and you're going to have to have this kind of supply arrangement um, uh, because I, I don't think anybody would do a coalition with anybody else right now anyway. Um, so I, I I guess I agree with you in terms of what that's my long way of saying that I, it, what you say makes a lot of sense. But I feel like, but the only difference being that, as it stands right now, it sounds like the Brexit party could play a bit of a spoiler in a way that people aren't talking about yet. And maybe that's because they know something I don't, um, but also it might just because be because 
last time Farage was at the helm of a party, it was UKIP, and that just never materialized, whereas the Brexit party has shown um, a lot more ability to organize. So, yeah, those are my two cents uh, slash six-minute cents. Um, hope you have a good night, Gordon. Speak tomorrow.